On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Ooh, that sounded all like retro. I don't know. You got close to the mic and it said it sounded like fuzzy in a good way. Like warm and fuzzy. Hello, I'm Katie. (laughs) I totally did that on purpose. Hi, I'm Brittany. Yes, we are sound engineers here at the Grand House Girls podcast. I have no idea what I'm doing every day. (laughs) (laughs) Who does? Welcome to being an adult. Welcome to your 30s. Welcome to adulting. Oh my gosh. How are you, Britt? Oh. I've been incredibly tired and fatigued and mm-hmm. um but making it making it coffee and animals my my fur kids have been my best friends caffeine gets me up and the fur kid loving keeps me going how have you been Katie I'm good I've had like four glasses of caffeine today I just realized <gasps> wow yeah no I'm good I'm just yeah I just realized I had a bunch of caffeine today too and I didn't realize it until just now but, you know, I feel like the older you get, the more caffeine you tend to drink. But I'm trying to get through yeah. Oscar movies, so sleep has been eluding me. But I got a couple done. And I, got, I watched some random shit, too, this past couple weeks. Uh, what was what, what did you what else did you watch as far as Oscar stuff goes oh. or, or anything? Oh, yeah. So I watched two Oscar ones, and I think it is one of them, maybe one of the ones you watch. So I watched Tar that's currently streaming on Peacock. <gasps> oh, I haven't gone to watch it yet. Oh, you haven't gone to watch Tar? No, okay. but I got one done. So that's good. No, no, no. Hey, hey, one, there is a lot of movies. So, yes. The news about Tar, and I had saw this just yesterday. So, there's only three movies that have ever won Best Picture among the major film critic associations. This is Letterboxd. They said it was LA, New York, and London National Society of Film Critics. So, only three movies have ever won, like, the major awards there for Best Picture. And right. it's been Schindler's List, LA Confidential, and The Social Network. Well, Tar is now the fourth film. Wow. Which I think is very interesting. Because it kind of, you usually, when you're playing the game, when you play the game of Oscars, but no, really. <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing the Oscar game, trying to think who may take home what award, uh, it's really interesting to see the curveballs that get thrown at you a little bit with this award yeah. season. I love Tar. Good. I will say this. I don't think it's a movie that everyone will appreciate. Something I really like about movies is when they assume their audience is smart enough to keep up with everything. Because I don't like something being spoon-fed to me. Right. I like to feel smart when I'm watching something. Yeah. And so the whole, you know, the the movie takes place because Tar, Kate Blanchett's character, is a maestro and, you know, mm-hmm. she uh, does classical music. And so the whole world is like revolves around classical music. So mm-hmm. they're talking about composers, they're talking about songs and musical orchestrations, and they're talking about this world and they don't stop for breath. It's almost like watching a group of professionals talk about 
their profession but there's mm-hmm. this underlying layer and it's it's not a horror movie but there's almost like a horror element to Ooh. it in the in the kind of like mystery that's unfolding and you're essentially watching this character's downfall i won't say how her downfall happens but um Mm. she is incredible and i feel like it's a very gripping movie but i do think there's going to be people who watch it and don't like it and i think there's going to be people who watch it and don't understand it it's not as palatable as like everything everywhere all at once or the banshees of Anne sharon Mm -hmm. but it's still a really good movie Mm, i can't wait to watch it speaking of the banshees i watched the banshees of Anne sharon last night and i really really liked it halfway through i was told that it was symbolic of the irish civil war and i was like oh that makes a lot of sense now why everything is over the top but not in a crazy way just well, also the like hand the, thing, the finger thing. Also, like cutting off your nose to spite your face. Exactly. Yeah. The whole time I was like, "Oh, I get it." Although at least they didn't actually cut his nose off. I sadly have still yet to see all of In Bruges, and it's the same director as In Bruges. But I did see yes. one of his other films. But In Bruges isn't streaming anywhere, so I really wanted yeah. to watch In Bruges. But I might end up watching it anyways. But I really liked it. Colin Farrell is great, of course. Podrick. Podrick. I know. I was like, oh. And then uh, Barry Keegan or Kogan. Yes. From, he was in The Green Knight as the bandit. But he and Colin Farrell were in The Killing of a Sacred Deer by Yorgos Lanthimos with Nicole Kidman. And I was like, oh my god, I love him. Because he is so good at playing creepy. But he's also very good at playing like innocent and also like he's he's a very 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 good actor also it weirds me out that he's like 30 and has a child because he looks perpetually young it's like the kid from love actually who was in i'm blanking on his name game of thrones game of thrones because he like he's like our age he's like 33 34 and he looks like he's 20 which is great for him marketability Yeah, yeah, that's something I really love about Banshees, other than that there's really cute animals in the movie, and now I just want a miniature donkey. But yes. also the fact that the whole cast is stellar. Like, I keep forgetting the actress who plays Siobhan, Patrick's yeah, I'm sister. Yeah, looking it up right now. She's amazing, too. Like, oh my god, like this, and the whole, I mean, the whole cast is nominated for acting awards. So Colin yes, Farrell's everyone's nominated, nominated yeah, pretty much. Yeah, everyone's nominated. And they're very disturbing, but are very disturbing. Also, very disturbing. the director is dating Phoebe Waller-Bridge of Fleabag fame. And oh, Fleabag I did is, not know that. I didn't know that until recently. Fleabag is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It's, I don't know, I won't even know if I can call it a drama because it's not overly dramatic. It reminded me more of Parasite. It's not the same movie as Parasite, but like where there's humor infused into the drama and there's some very sad things going on, but there's like the whole beginning where like Colin Farrell, um, Podrick does not understand that he is, that Calm is mad at him. And yeah. so he's like, are we Rowan? I didn't know we were Rowan. Are, uh, looks like you're Rowan. Rowan, Rowan, Rowan. And it's just really funny. And there's like this whole bit where like the bartender and this other like barfly guy like keeps saying the exact same thing to him over and over again. And it's very, and like, if you know that it's about the Irish Civil War, you understand it a lot. Um... But, like, I'm glad somebody, like, the person I was watching with, I'm glad uh, they mentioned it because I was like, oh, okay, I get this. Like, it made me pay attention more because I was like, okay, I would have anyways. It's a good movie even if you don't know that. But it's kind of obvious because they're warring 
off the coast, but maybe I had to look up what time period it was at. Because at first I was like, when the fuck is this taking place? Because everyone has like carts and donkeys and horses and shit. But it seems like they're modern enough that women are getting jobs and that's normal. And I think like the thing that like stuck with me too when like when I was like watching it too was the police officer and the execution. He's like, Oh, it doesn't matter who's being executed. I wanna watch the execution and you're just like, Wow. Um Because I'm getting paid. I'm like, nah, that's gross. One of my favorite coworkers, uh, like I love it because I'll be like, I need you to watch this movie. And him and his wife, they'll watch the movie. And then he'll come back and talk to me about it. And he was like, he was the one. So I was like, you know, it premiered on HBO Max at the end of December. And I was like, you need to watch this movie. And he yeah. went home and watched it. And he actually got his uh, his degree in history. He's like, oh, yeah, it's totally allegory for the Irish Civil War. And he was going through all these things. And I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit. I was like, I love the movie, but it elevated knowing that. Yes. I was like, okay, it elevates it, it elevates for me. the material. But, but no, I love the Banshees. It's one of my it's really good. It's one of my favorites from last year, it, hands down. I don't know if it's like, like, it excites me. Everything's going to be compared to Parasite from now on. Because that was like the best, best picture winner that I can remember. Um, in recent history. Recent you want to know something interesting about 2019? Is that I know Parasite is like a incredible film. I know it's a film that people will be studying in film class years from now. But even knowing so, I think Marriage Story was just my personal favorite. Marriage year. Story also was fantastic. Although I don't think I watched Marriage Story until after the Oscars that year. Like... I love Parasite. It's like, I mean, it's a cinematic achievement. It's an incredible movie. But I I always tell Katie this, and I talk about this a lot. A lot of my personal favorite movies are like solid three-star films with small casts and really great scripts. That's just like my bread and butter, personally. But Marriage Story affected me deeply, too. Marriage Story was great. Oh, I bawled my eyes out. I didn't think there was any water left in my body after watching Marriage Story. I had no idea. I was I had no idea I was going to cry as much as I did at the end of the movie. Like, the mm-hmm. last six minutes of the movie just floored me. So, yeah. and I was just like, damn, Adam Driver. Movie. Also, oh there's another God. Adam Driver movie coming out called 65, and I'm still confused what it's about. Like, either <laughs> he time travels to prehistoric Earth, or he's an alien species who is 65 million years ahead of technology and crash lands on Earth and fights dinosaurs. And at first, like, oh, well, because the other thing I, another thing I saw this week uh, was Infinity Pool. Ah! I saw Infinity Pool. Okay, okay. Oh, Dalton, are you listening? Dalton, are you listening? I know, I'm going to message Dalton, like, after we record this. Or, uh, yeah, but I did watch it. I went and saw it. So, we had a gift card to go see an AMC movie. Because usually I would go see it at one of uh, our uh, sidewalk, but... This latest sidewalk was like seven thirty, and one we had a gift card, and two we were. I was like, I'm tired, like I want to like take a nap before I go. So we didn't go until like the later showing. So it was like nine thirty, and tell me if I'm overreacting. I'm not upset about it at all, but I think I might have gotten a little gate kept at the movie okay. by a fellow watcher because okay, so it was late in the evening. It was, like, 45 degrees outside. So not freezing, but not warm. And so I was like, you know what? It's a late-night movie. I'm not going to get all dressed up. I'm going to go comfortable but cute. And so, like, I was wearing, like, my cute sneakers 
and my my jeans and I was wearing like this pink sweater that I'd gotten not too long ago that has little hearts on it and I was like it's very Valentine's Day but not like I could wear it a different time it's very cute and I was like well it's gonna probably be too hot on Valentine's Day to wear this anyway so might as well wear this now very comfortable I didn't want to have to like wear a jacket and accidentally forget it so I was like this is nice so like we get our snacks we we walk to our movie now I will say this is one of those theaters where like they don't update on the ticker what movies and what theater. So they tell you and it's on your ticket if they give you a ticket. But it's also like, am I in the right theater? So I'm not, I, no hate to this person because I don't know that they were doing this, but it felt like I was being like gatekept or just clocked because I walk into the theater. We're like two thirds of the way up. I I didn't even notice that there was another person in there because I get there very early because I like to like sit and settle, pee a couple times, eat my snacks before the movie really starts. And I hear this voice behind us, like, in the very, very back. And they're like, excuse me? And I'm like, yeah? And (laughs) they're like, are you here to see Infinity Pool? And I just looked at it and I go, absolutely I am. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, turned back around and it was like, and then they went to the bathroom. And I just, like, giggled. And I was like, did I just get gatekept? And we were like, I don't know, were we supposed to wear a specific uniform to Infinity Pool? Because I noticed everybody else who came to that movie was like, black hoodie, baggy pants, very 2000s kind of slightly goth kid look. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't know there was a uniform to see a horror movie, apparently, but it's not that big of a deal. I found it funny. Were they also the only other people in there? They were. So it might have been they were genuinely curious but the way the inflection in which it was asked seemed more incredulous than curious. And I was like, it was very funny. I found it yeah. hilarious. And it wasn't, they probably asked it very innocently. It was just, I was like, I guess I wore the wrong outfit to see a scary movie. Because I will say, people are always surprised that we have a horror movie podcast. I don't know if you get this. I get this all the time. You know what? I think it's very interesting, though, because I was at a friend's birthday party, and I had met one of her other friends, and we had talked very briefly at her wedding, but I didn't get to really talk to him. And we were talking about scary movies. I was like, oh, yeah, I co-host a uh, horror podcast. And he goes, what is it with women in scary movies? He goes, I've never met a woman who wasn't absolutely obsessed with scary movies. Well, okay, so said, maybe it's, it's changing. I said, it's really common. I said, you know what? I actually, I said, most people I know are big fans of horror movies, but I know a lot more girls who love scary movies yeah. than I do guys. But I feel like every time I tell someone that I co-host a horror podcast, they give me this weird look like they're taken aback. And I'm like... Am I supposed to look a certain way to like horror movies? Or is it because I'm a woman? Or just a female feminine presenting person? Like, what is it? I think it's more that you're bubbly, probably. And that's what they probably are kind of, like, not expecting. But it's because I get all my darkness out by watching spooky movies. And then I can be bubbly. You have your hair nice and wavy and you're wearing really (laughs) lovely lipstick. And you're just like, yeah, I love scary movies. I love scary things. Did you see Zatan? Did you see Raw? That... Oh my god, that was the best movie of like 2020. Oh my god, it was my favorite. I like, but you're bubbly too, and like, but uh, I was just funny. I was like, I guess I wore the wrong outfit to see Infinity Pool. My coworkers also know, like, I'm pretty bubbly, but I also have the best go eat shit look too. So, (laughs) 
I unfortunately don't have resting bitch face. I have to work on my bitch face. I have to actually concentrate, which kind of sucks because then people just think you're being nice to them when you're actually really pissed and they're being assholes to you. But it's fine. But back to Disturbing, Infinity Pool, the movie, uh, that was my viewing experience. Um, Actually, there were more people in there than I expected. It was like there was probably 20 people in there, which at a late movie showing they only had like one showing at each theater like they were either like 9 30 or 10 30 by the time we were looking at them so didn't have a huge uh group to choose from um but there were more people there than i thought well so i really liked it it's really it's a well-made movie i love mia goth in it i love alexander sarsgaard in it the entire um the woman uh cleopatra is her first name because you cannot forget that first name i can't coleman maybe um who plays his wife is also really good which i totally thought they were husband and wife for some reason but no he has a different he has a wife i really liked everyone in it mia goth is fucking insane and that was the best part is that one part she just starts screaming jamesy in her like most british british accent and with a gun and just starts screaming and laughing maniacally that part was great it looks cool. There's a lot of parts where they're like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of flashing lights. So they do have a warning at the beginning because it w- would probably trigger a seizure because there's a lot of like flashing lights in certain points. I liked that. It wasn't as sci-fi as I thought it was going to be. And I would have preferred it leaned more on the sci-fi aspect of what was going on, which I won't spoil it. Then... Where the direction they went towards the end was kind of something I've seen before. And that was a, mm. it wasn't disappointing, but we were both kind of like, oh, like we, this is something that people have explored a lot. And it's, it, we agree with it, but it was a lot of something I'd already seen before. And it wasn't like in a bad way. Like, they did it in a good way, but I was, like, a little... It's, like, one of those themes that, like, happens over and over again. And I don't think it's something that's ever going to lose. But so, that was probably, like, the only negative part. But it was really good. And I it was different. And it was really weird. It was fucking weird. And I liked that about it. I did not think it was quite as traumatic. Because Dalton, our friend Dalton... Hello, Dalton said that felt a little more like climax i still think climax for me was more disturbing and more trippy but there were parts of this that was very trippy but i don't know it was really good i would say go see it i really liked it and i want to see i've been trying to see possessor which is the other brandon cronenberg movie that has um andrea risenborough in it risenborough who is um oh i did have that lady's last name right by the way cleopatra coleman yay yay i did i'd never seen her anything before so she was great too uh possessor has uh andrea risenborough who's nominated for an oscar this year for um the movie about the woman who wins the lottery yeah to leslie to leslie that's one that has been on my list and i need to watch it i think it's still on hulu it's on it's it's streaming somewhere it might even be shutter i actually just need to sit down and watch it but it's also about like sci-fi body horror um, this one wasn't as much body horror as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pure body horror, and it wasn't. But it was more... There was gross stuff in it, but it wasn't... I don't know. I, I would want to explore it more, because there is a lot of stuff you can talk about. And there's a lot of things, like, there's a lot of questions I have. 
but in a good way, like in a thought-provoking way. And Alexander Skarsgård's amazing, because he always is. And Mia Goth was fantastic. She was so fucking unhinged, and I loved it. She's, they're, I mean, they're the best part of the movie. Yeah. But it's it's really beautifully shot, and there's a lot of really interesting, like, camera angles and stuff, like, where, like, normal things are being shot. And it's kind of dystopian, because it takes place in a, they they filmed it in, um, oh, where they filmed Game of Thrones, uh, Croatia. But yeah. they base it in a fictional militarized country that has, like, these resorts. So basically, like, outside the resorts, it's, like, basically under, like, a military rule. And it's very dystopian. And, but it's this beautiful, like, uh, oceanside country. And it's gorgeous, but it's, like, wrought with poverty and just despair <laughs> outside of the resorts. Um, so that was an interesting thing. So hopefully we'll be able to do it on the podcast. Um, I know Dalton really liked it. So maybe that that's what Dalton can come on. I know we're th- thinking about having Dalton come back because it's been like a year since they were on here and talked about a movie. And that might be a good one when it comes on streaming. Because it's, yeah. it's very limited release right now. Um, but yeah, I saw that. And I did try to watch Skinnamarink. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> Um, I got 25 minutes in. Oh, we got 45 minutes in. Ooh. And I think it's, I think it's like almost a hundred minute film. So. Is it, it's like exactly an hour and a half. Yeah. So. Uh, should we explain? It's, it's on Shutter right now. Yeah. And so many horror outlets were talking about this movie that it made yes. me, I was like, as soon as I found that it was on Shutter, I was like, I have to try to stream this film. I was like, I don't really know what it's about at all, though. I watched a YouTuber that I like to watch sometimes, Mr. Gigi, do a whole review because he'll watch, like, um, disturbing films and kind of talk about them. I don't usually let them be spoiled for me, but he was like, listen, this is a limited release movie and there's not much of a plot. So I went ahead and watched the whole review. So I knew I was going to end. But it does. There's not really much that goes on, anyways. Yeah. It. The film is like so. One is obviously <laughs> they tell you it's taking place in the early '90s, but the film's like super, super grainy to the, the point time. where you can barely you can barely make out things. In yeah. The film. And it's like, and they use a lot of like color washes. Like it's like red, and then it's like kind of grayish. And did you have this issue? So when we turned it on, you know, I'm a subtitle person. I like watching. And so for the first 15 minutes, we didn't have subtitles on. And even Taylor, who has very great hearing, was having a hard time hearing them speak. Well, there were automatic subtitles on it when I watched it. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought it was like built into the film. But maybe they had that issue, and maybe they built it in because I just started. I tried to watch it today. Okay. But I couldn't hear them very well. Basically, like, the plot is happening almost entirely off camera. So what it is is that it's supposed to, because the lead characters are two children, it's supposed to be taking, like, the camera angle is like a very vulnerable angle. Like, you see the children's feet and, like, but you don't ever see them. You don't see their faces ever. It's always that, like, their feet are, like, the side of their body. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I guess you're supposed to be, like, at the same height with them, but you're never really seeing them. Which, to me, I think I understand why they did it that way. They they wanted you to be present, like, how the children would see things. Yeah. But it didn't make me connect with them because I wasn't able to see their faces. I never felt connected to them while watching them. Yeah. Apparently it's based on a short film, which the whole time I was watching the first 25 minutes, I was like... 
Yeah, this would be a better short film. But the original short film was in 2020. It was called Heck. And it was developed as a proof of concept. Which, the movie with the three generations in the house, the, the... Oh, 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 oh my god, it made me cry so hard. Um, Y'all know what we're talking about. Remember? Relic, my... relic, 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 relic. Yeah. Relic also started as a proof of concept film, and then it went over. But I feel like this one, like, maybe should have seen the short film. I feel like I would have liked it better. I want to see the short film, honestly. Yeah. Um, but apparently it did get accidentally leaked onto um online and that's why people started watching it and it is unique yeah i mean that's the thing about like experimental films it's like nothing you've ever seen but that doesn't so i can applaud the creativity it's just not my thing either yeah i think i remember reading so once we saw uh we saw the first 45 minutes i was reading about it and i think he had posed the question like what were the things that were like nightmares? What did you like? What were your nightmares when you were children? So a lot of the stuff that's happening in the movie are like based off of people's nightmares when they were children. And I read it was completely filmed in his childhood home. So there is a lot of like kind of cool, interesting yeah. ideas. I just don't like the way it's filmed personally. I felt like it was trying to be like kind of like the Wolf House out mm-hmm. Wolf House atmospherically but the wolf house had something like it was constantly moving because it was changing from one scene to the other and it was like there was constant movement there was narration constantly so like it was easy to pay attention even though it was also very dark but like the way it was filmed was like it was easier to see what was going on this was like i couldn't focus like there was nowhere to focus and i don't like it now it did make me feel uneasy so I feel like yeah. if you like that kind of stuff, yeah, I just like, and I, Brittany was, Brittany was before this was like, I thought you were going to like it because it's experimental. I was like, I I can't do that much experimental. Like, it's got to have, like, it's got to be going somewhere, you know? Yeah. Like, or it has to be visually exciting so I pay attention. You know, okay, so not elevated movies. I watched two stupid movies. I rewatched. Mm-hmm the Cameron Diaz the sweetest thing that's my nephew's mom's favorite movie so my friend Kat and I watched that in high school and I had not watched it in many many years and I watched it the other weekend and still holds up it's stupid I, I'm trying to I try to explain to people I was like it's I like I don't want to miss a thing sorry that's all I can think of it's like well I love Buffy look like my old dog Buffy surprise and then I got fucked in the eye so it's a whole thing. Definitely not one for kids. Not definitely kids. not one for kids. It's definitely R-rated. It's like the the female version of like Euro Trip or a movie or like American Pie or something. It's like it's like a road trip movie, but like it's like three female best friends, and like it's very early two thousands. Like Jason Bateman is in it, and I can't tell if it's like right before Arrested Development. Or right when Arrested Development was taking off. But he's like a total asshole in this movie. I think it might have been before Juno, but I'm not really sure. Maybe it's like around the same time as Juno, like that time period. I think it was like 2003. So, but I didn't see it till college, but it's one of my favorite, like, stupid movies. Also, this was a movie that we talked about watching. And then, like, we, because Charlotte from Sex and the City's in, 
but then like I put it off for too long. I watched Deadly Illusions. Okay. On and Netflix. I don't know anything about it. It's it looks like a lifetime movie, but it is Charlotte from uh Sex and the City and she's like a Kristen pulp Davis mystery writer. Kristen Davis, yes. Yeah. She's like a mystery writer, and her husband is Dermot Mulroney, I think. Mm-hmm. He's very hot. He was in The Wedding Date. Oh, and My Best Friend's Wedding, right? Was Emma, that him? No, that yeah. is... Oh, wait, maybe he was th- Maybe he was the best friend. He might have been the best friend in My Best Friend's Wedding. He yeah. He might be right. Anyways, so she's a writer, and she wrote like a bunch of mystery movies, very much like Misery. She wrote all these mystery movies, mystery books... And, like, murder books, like, like, Murder at Eleven. But they're, like, sexy murder books. And they want her to write another one. But she's, like, she's, like, now, like, a stay-at-home mom. And she takes this job that she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to write a new book because she says that it changes who she is. And she gets really weird when she writes. And, um, anyways, she ends up uh, hiring a college student who is a lady to be her nanny and she starts fantasizing about having an affair with her but then she's also fantasizing about her husband having an affair with her and she can't tell which one is right and which one is wrong and the nanny is played by one of kelsey Grammer's daughters and uh it has a 21 percent on rotten tomatoes and that is deserving because it starts out kind of pulpy and interesting and kind of so bad it's good. And then it kind of divulges into, uh, spoilers, a misrepresentation of people with dissociative identity disorder. Oh, okay. And they make it seem like it's hereditary, which it is not generally hereditary because it's your body's response to trauma as a child. And it's a whole thing. Like, like she go, the reason she figures out that she's basically know like her husband knows one personality and she knows the other personality and that's why things are so or she's met both personalities but or alters is the proper term i'm so sorry both alters they they don't use the proper term i'm just saying like the real term is alters she's met both alters and that's why she can't tell the differences between because one of them is bad and one of them is good which again is not usually the case when you have dissociative identity disorder, not one's not gonna be bad and one's not gonna be good. Maybe one's more edgy than the other one, but like it's still the same system of personality of alters. Anyways, so it divulges into like, oh, crazy people be crazy and stab people, and it just is really badly, badly handled, and it's very disappointing. But I kept watching it because I needed to figure out what the fuck was going on. Also, her best friend, who happens to be a black woman. Just gets murdered mm. for no fucking reason. And I was like, why does she get murdered? She was like a peripheral character. Yeah. Like, she was there. Like, and the actress, I'm trying to look up the actress because she was someone I'd seen before. And I was like, oh, I like her. And then she just gets fucking murdered for no reason. And then, of course, like, the girl, like, and then they end up like, I don't know. It was just so dumb. It was so fucking dumb. And they were very... Oh, it's the girl from Shameless who plays the neighbor in Shameless. You know their neighbors? I've actually never seen Shameless. The bartender, I can't remember the character's name, but she and her husband live next door to them. And she's really great. Anyways, I was excited to see her in like a movie movie. 
Like, I was like, ah, it's great! I'm glad she's getting, like, movie roles. I was like, oh, they've done her shitty. They did her real shitty. Anyways, I did watch the comedy special, Bob the Drag Queen's Suspiciously Large Woman. It was very funny. Because it's Black History Month. Yeah. And I'm just trying to do my part. Because we did a really bad job this year of realizing. I was like, yeah, let's do, let's do I Saw the Devil. Not realizing it was going to be in February instead of January. Because if you don't know who Bob the Drag Queen is, um, he or she is just a fucking amazing non-binary performer. And uh, they won, they won, or she won season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. And she's honestly one of the funniest fucking people I've ever seen. I follow all of their, all of his, her TikToks. And um, I follow all of her, like, Instagram, everything. She's fucking hilarious. But she's a stand-up comedy queen. And she's from Atlanta, Georgia. And she filmed it in Atlanta, Georgia. And so it's very funny. I've seen several of, all. I've seen a couple different stand-up routines. Very funny. Highly recommend. I think, I think she has another one on Netflix, I want to say as well. They're all good. All good. I love, I love Bob. Bob is very funny. Bob is also very well versed in like current affairs and has some very good opinions on like political stuff that I love, which I won't get into politics, but they're he he's a very smart person and very even tempered when he talks to people who are of differing opinions which i enjoy also he has this thing where he'll do other drag queens makeup and it's i don't know what it is but there's one where he tries to do crystal methods makeup and in the middle like everyone's thinking it and then he just looks at the camera he's like this seems like a hate crime and it does indeed. And I'll let you go watch that for yourself to figure out why it feels like a hate crime. And then he's just like, if you feel uncomfortable watching it, that's the right reaction. I was like, thank you, Bob. Because I feel very uncomfortable watching this. Also, I'm saying he and she because Bob is non-binary. But he has specified that he does not like they, them. He likes he or she. So that's why I keep saying, trying not to say they. Because I divert to they, yeah, them. In a general sense, just until I know somebody's pronouns. Anyways, go watch that. He's also on that HBO show, We're Here. Okay. Where he goes to different towns with, um, to Shangela and Eureka, and they go and put on drag shows with people who've never done drag before. Ah. It's super fun. You should also watch that. Also, also watch that show because it's great. I think I've already talked about it there here. Anyways. I think that's all I watched other than the Alex Murdaugh trial, which is kind of a mess. I don't, both the prosecution and the, the defense are just, I don't know, it's just messy. Like, it just seems like, I feel like he probably did it or had someone hired to do it, but he didn't waive the time. So they're kind of, I don't think they had quite enough time to figure out which one it was. So they just decided to prosecute him. But he's like, he's up for like over a hundred other financial crimes. So he probably will never see the outside of a jail cell, which makes me feel comfortable. But I, I think he probably did kill his, I think he had something to do with it, in my opinion. Not trying to like, it seems like it. And oh, in the, the um accountant for his law firm, like came in and testified twice, like once not in front of the jury and once in front of the jury, 
But she just, you can tell she just hates him so much now. She's like, I've known him since I was 16 and he stole all of this money from our clients without telling anybody for like 10 years. 10 years. And people just keep giving him money. They're just like, here's another $4 million. You're good for it. But he wasn't good for it. But because his family was rich, they were like, oh, it's okay. Disgusting. Anyways. I won't say kill the rich because, like, there are nice rich people. But tax the rich. Yeah. I agree with that. If you want to get angry at lawyers, watch it. It's been entertaining, to say the least. Um, anyways, but yeah, that's all I kind of watched. What, was there anything you watched that we didn't cover yet? Oh, God, yeah. So I watched a lot. Oh, so yeah, that's why I was like, okay, so. Uh, we both watched a lot. So sorry. No, it's okay. Um, so I did see The Well in theaters on Sunday. <gasps> yes. How was that? Oh, God. Um, so I may have a, okay. So basically leading up to this movie, I was like, okay, everyone keeps talking about how great Brendan Fraser is. And basically one of my friends was like, I saw the well, uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack. You need to watch it. And I was like, you know what? It's saying coming soon to Apple TV. I don't know how soon is soon to Apple TV. I'm just going to go see it. So everything you've heard about Brendan Fraser is absolutely true. He is incredible in this movie. His eyes and the smallest gestures on his face, like his eyes are the way his mouth moves conveys so much he's able to convey so much for his face and he is just a powerhouse and hong chow is so yes. good in this movie so um most you know i'm i'm not gonna lie i cried multiple times and usually it was due to interaction between hong chow's character liz and brendan's character charlie so me and this same friend had had this conversation where he was like i don't feel like the movie's being fat phobic my opinion after seeing the movie i don't think the movie intentionally means to be but i do think it is the reason i feel it is is and it's not I don't think that it means to be fat phobic, but so the cast is very small and you can tell this was originally written for the stage by how small the cast is. Yeah. Almost the entire action takes place in Charlie's apartment. There's six characters, basically six actors during the entire duration of the film. Almost everyone that comes into contact with Charlie either treats him with disgust or pity. And there's a lot of Mm. scenes in the movie that like... You know, like, he he binge eats throughout the movies. And there's a lot to the noise and, like, the sound where it's, like, smacking and stuff. And it's, it's made to feel like, oh, yo, oh, you poor thing. And the reason I probably have a visceral reaction compared to my friend who saw it. And, you know, this is the beautiful thing about film, too. Is when we talk about film, I can see something in one way and you could t- totally disagree with me. And that's fine. No opinion is yeah. really right or wrong. But my mom... As Katie knows, and as most of my close friends know, my mom's been very sick for many years. And she's been on long-term steroid medication. And it's really done a doozy on her body. And a couple of years ago, we were at Target. And I had left my mom for just a second to run to another aisle. And I came back and my mom was like hysterically crying. And I was like, what's wrong? And she's like, there's two girls. And they said I look like a stork. And so... When you have people, when you have people like Charlie, who is severely obese, or you have people like my mom, who years of medication has really made her body look different from the norm, I feel like these people are afraid to go in public. They're afraid to be perceived by able-bodied people because their bodies are not able-bodied. And to me, this movie kind of reiterated those fears. Like, you're seen by somebody, and they're either going to pity you or view you with disgust. And I don't think, like, this movie was created with that intention, but I think it's very easy to see why people 
who do have body issues or people who take care of people who have these body issues would kind of see that watching this film. Um, and it made me very angry. It made me very angry multiple times the way Charlie's treated in this film. But the testament to that is that Charlie as a character is such an optimist. So no matter what people are doing to him or reacting to him, he just rises above it. And it has such just beautiful optimism. And I think that's why Brendan really shines as this character. But it was a very hard watch for me. A very, very hard watch. And I don't think it's a movie I'll probably ever watch again. Uh, there is an ending that I think there's a lot that we could talk about with the ending that's really beautiful and maybe even more optimistic, but that would be a very, it would be very spoilerish to talk about that. And since mm. this movie is not widely released, I don't want to ruin that for you, Katie. I don't want to ruin that for anyone. Yeah, who I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Although I guess I could read the play script if I really got curious. Mm -hmm. But Aronofsky's a hard director. Like, I hated Noah. I couldn't even finish Noah. It was so awful. But I really liked Black Swan. Yeah. You know, and... I love Reckling for a Dream, but it's a hard watch. I have not let myself watch it yet. It's beautiful, but it's hard. I, I, I've seen it, like, two times, and I don't know why I watched it a second time, if I'm being honest. I will say with The Well, so I ended up, like, reading a little bit about Samuel D. Hunter, who wrote the play, and he did the adaptive screenplay, too. And he mm -hmm. said he wrote it because he had a very poor relationship with food. He never said he was obese when I read about this but he said i had a poor relationship with food i had you know but it's like he's like this is based on a previous relationship with food my spirituality my sexuality my 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 position as a father so it seems like this was a deeply personal place okay. he was coming from when he wrote it so i don't i don't really fault him for writing something that's cathartic to him because especially that's a big thing with Charlie in the movie is that he's a college professor and he's like I want he wants his students to write honestly so I mean in that way it, it was an exercise I guess to Samuel D. Hunter to write something very honest for himself I just felt I guess it just affected me because all I could see and my mom's an optimist too. So I guess I saw a lot of my mom yeah. and Charlie, even though they're very different people. So I think that's kind of what affected me. Yeah. Um, but it kind of floored me because, you know, the general consensus, I've had a lot of friends on Facebook and Instagram, they saw this movie. They're like, it's beautiful. I loved it. I loved it so much. I need to go see it again. So I felt kind of weird that I had almost a polarizing opinion compared to so many people but I know. But you also have different life movie. experiences. And, yeah. like, I remember when, when we watched Relic, like, that one affected you a lot, too. And, like, I yeah. didn't get... I loved it, but, like, I did not have the same effect. But there's movies, yeah. like... Remember, like, I couldn't watch Dogtooth a second time. Yeah, it's so interesting yeah. how that is sometimes. And it's just, like, it just happens. Like, there's some movies where, like, it really gets to you emotionally and it's just because of your different life experiences um uh, but yeah guys uh definitely watch it brendan i mean everything you've heard is true he is a, That's a, good. so good in this movie well i knew it i always believed in him yeah and i'm really really proud of hong chow too she's so she's good been, she movie. was so good in the menu i was like oh she's in the whale yes yeah oh my god i will say as like a caretaker it's like the fine line she balances between taking care of him and also enabling him like it's yeah that's difficult oh my god but the the two other movies i watched so what i will say in a, in a marriage there's give and take so if i make taylor <laughs> if i make taylor uh, 
watch uh, these Academy Award dramas that, like, literally the well ends thing is like, well, that was fucking depressing. Um, like, True. I have to watch. Uh, so we ended up watching two horror movies. And so one of them, I know we're, I think we'll definitely do both of them eventually on the podcast. So I mm -hmm. won't go into too crazy detail about them. But we watched Watcher. Uh, I really liked it. I Yay. won't give too much details, but it's a, it's a smooth 90 minutes. It's a mm. slow burner, but the slow burner just gets more and more. It burns. Uh, and I, I can't spoil it, guys. Michael Morrell is amazing. Uh, it gave me a lot of anxiety, but it is, it is <laughs> so it's so good. And I can't wait for Katie to watch it because I can't yeah. wait. It's been one I, I spent my list. I can't wait to hear what you think of like the last 15 minutes of the film. Like, oh god. Um but yeah, that's Ooh. really all I'm going to say. It is streaming on Shutter. I definitely okay. recommend it. If you guys like if you guys like slow burn slow burn horror and you have yes. 90 minutes to spare, watch it. Um the other one we watched, we rented and it was Megan. <laughs> <laughs> How was Megan? Uh it is silly, but it is fun. Uh okay. is it malignant a, fun? Uh not quite cuz there's there's oh. not really a twist in Megan the way oh. there is in Malignant. But it's very self-aware. So there's like a there's like a commercial. It's like the opening scene in the movie. There's like a commercial and it's basically I'm paraphrasing but but it's like my dog was my only friend and it died so i'm alone again and it's like a jingle for a yeah a jingle for a like a forever fur friend so oh yeah and so it's like very self-aware and that's what makes it funny that's like the beginning of what is it's an arnold schwarzenegger it's not total recall is it total recall I what is the one in years? I think there's like a commercial for like clone your pet. I don't, oh, but I mean it's not one I, I can't remember. I'm not a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, but I remember it coming up, and I was like, oh, it's that movie, and I didn't realize that was part of the plot. I don't think it's Total Recall. I think it's anyways, but that that starts out like that too. Like there's just a commercial in the background with it. So interesting. I wonder if that was planned as like a reference or if it was just a coincidence yeah i don't know i i did i will say i laughed i laughed a few times during megan and it's definitely one of those like popcorn movies that you can watch with like a group of friends it's a pg-13 horror film so it's like the stakes get high but they're never like mm as high as they can be and the it is it's goofy like i will say the ending is goofy but you're still okay. gonna be like cheering a little bit because it's fun i will say this i think i i'm sorry ryan i just said i will say this like six times obviously i'm getting tired but i think it would be a fun movie to do for the podcast but i don't think oh, there's a lot yeah. of substance to it well, if that makes sense like it's definitely fun i would recommend people seeing it it's a fun movie i liked it but i mean we're not gonna be able yeah. to analyze it because it's pretty uh, i mean we might be there's another podcast i won't spoil it yet but we might be collabing on another podcast and they mm -hmm. the hosts of that podcast mentioned Maybe doing Megan, or maybe doing another couple of movies. So maybe we'll be on that podcast, and y'all can listen to that one. So the very last two things I watched. So uh, Katie, was, I was talking to Katie about this. So when Rizamid and Allison Williams read the uh, Oscar shortlist for Best Animated oh, Short, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a short called My Year of Dicks. And so My Year of Dicks, if you go through the artist, um, I just completely blanked on her name, Good Guard gosh darn it um but if you go to her website you can watch it oh, like the whole tight. animated short that's like 20 minutes for free oh. it is 
Katie is so much fun. Like, I really, really like it. Is it about someone's year of sexual escapades? So what it is, is about a 15-year-old girl who uh, is desperately trying to lose her virginity. Oh. Yeah, and so she, it's like, it's basically five chapters of, like, her interacting with different men. Oh. And it's very, very funny. Uh, But the third one is really cute because she keeps, like, turning into like an anime type character and oh. it's I, yeah i can't i don't want to spoil it but i'm like guys it's 20 minutes long it's it's i i okay so i will be honest i wasn't that type of girl because i was very painfully shy about sex when i was a teenager but i know so many girls just like this girl <laughs> i was like it wasn't like reliving my past but it was definitely reliving like one of my best friends past so. oh her youtube channel is called Heartfly. yeah and you have to watch each chapter separately it looks like oh wait no 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 so this is so i think there's a site that uploaded it but let me see her actual site real quick because i think i have it saved under my Okay, so it is Sarah Gunnastolter. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you this link, Katie, because I'm feeling bad because it sounds like her last name is German, but I am butchering it hardcore. I know you're a little bit better with the German than I am. Yeah, Sarah Gunners Doter. I I've really really liked it. I still have to watch the other nominations for short film, but this one was really really good. And it takes place in the early '90s. Uh. And yeah, Pamela Rebon, so the girl's name is Pam. So it's actually like, I don't know how much is factually based on her life, but it's definitely based on her life to some degree. Well, I'm really, really excited about her. Yeah. And then last but not least. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. And last but not least, because when Katie watches it, we'll have to go over some of the chapters. Um... So, I don't know if you got to watch it yet, Katie, but I've been watching The Last of Us every week at Sarah. No, I'm going to start it this weekend, I think. It was okay. either watch Banshees of Sharon or start The Last of Us. Fair enough. So, the pilot, so it's on episode four just aired, and episode five is airing early on Friday because they didn't want to coincide with the Super Bowl. Yes. So, Did yeah. you see the part with his daughter? Yes. That's okay. in the pilot episode. Yeah, the episode. that's so. what you play in the video games, the first thing you do, and that's why I stopped playing. I have it. I can go play it now. So... I cried. I cried during that episode. But yeah. Then, like then, when I was like, okay, I can't. I'm not gonna cry anymore. Uh, episode three just. Yes. Me. Apparently, episode three is really awful. I've seen the cut scene with that character, and it doesn't go into the background of that relationship. But it's like the ending of the they find. Yeah. And and he just mentions that, and it's like, oh fuck, and yeah, so. I think the third episode, now I haven't played the game, but I think the third episode veers differently from what happens to those characters. Yeah, you only meet Bill. You don't meet Frank. You see Frank post-mortem. Oh. Sorry. Um, Frank and Bill. I believe that is just in one of the cutscenes. Bill Mm -hmm. is a character where they... I've seen other people play it because I started playing it and then I was like, this is too fucking depressing. A lot of the stuff I've been watching, I'm just like, let me just get my water bottle and hydrate a little bit, man. <laughs> so, um, But anyways, um, I will watch that. I'll watch more of the Oscar movies. I feel bad we kind of fell behind with Black History Month because we try to do, we're, but we're going to do Nanny. Nanny, yeah. But I feel bad that I didn't realize I Saw the Devil was going to be 
in February. And so we lost like a week that we usually would permit two movies. But you know what? We can celebrate black filmmakers all year long. Yeah. So, but just want to let you guys know we weren't ignoring it on purpose. We're just idiots. Or yeah. I am. I don't no, know. No, it, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy because we try to release the episode like, so we record a week in advance and then sometimes yes. the calendar kind of gets away from us and we're like, oh shit, this well, is coming out. At and the we were going to record, we ended up switching the orders too just because of stuff that was scheduling going on. So yeah. But it's okay. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. But yeah, watch Nanny on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Before next week's full episode, because that's what we'll be covering. I haven't gotten to watch it yet. I'm going to watch it very soon. It's one of those that, again, it's a feature film debut, written and directed by the same director. And as you already see in your research, so so she has a a short film called Suicide by Sunlight that I mm-hmm. think is going to be of her as her second feature link, and she's also attached to do a remake of Night of the Living Dead. Ooh, yeah. So she's definitely going to be one to watch for. She won Grand Jury Prize at Sundance too. And I believe yes. she's only the second Black filmmaker to have won Grand Jury Prize. Yeah. And it's um, Nikiatu Juzu. Jusu, yeah. It's it looks really good and I was you know, I know vaguely what it's about. Yeah. So um I'm kinda of surprised it's not nominated for some stuff. I never know. So I do I will say I heard before that there is a streaming site for all Academy members. I think you pay a yearly fee of fifteen hundred dollars, which sounds like a <sighs> lot. Until, well, like, every single theatrical movie is available to stream on there. Which is how, like, movies, like, I've talked about this before, like, Lunana, Yak, a Yak in the Classroom, everyone had never heard of this movie. And then it got nominated for International. It's because enough people saw it and voted on it. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. But that also goes hand in hand. A lot of times what we see with the Academy is that you'll have these actors and actresses and they'll have these studios behind them and they'll heavily campaign. And then you have, like... Andrea's case with two Leslie mm-hmm. where it was a grassroots campaign so yeah it's really fascinating yeah. uh, but maybe with Nanny uh it could just be that enough people didn't see it it could be yeah. something as simple as that anyways Nanny is our next film that we're doing next week excited about it stay safe out there stay vigilant be careful watch out for weather balloons sorry that was a joke um but honestly stay safe out there keep each other safe be good to one another and uh wash your hands take your vitamins watch some creepy movies hug your fur babies and your skin babies if you have skin babies um have a great day or night are you listening to us when you go to sleep good night if you are that's really creepy i'm not gonna say that again just this one episode just a little little tidbit so years later you'll be like you remember that episode where katie freaking fucked everyone out or fucking freaked everyone out i'm tired it's sorry it's 10 30 and i'm turning into a pumpkin um the proverbial pumpkin anyways um right you might want to that anyways whether you're listening to us in the morning or in the afternoon or at night have a great time have a good day stay safe out there and we will see you next week yeah, just echoing everything Katie said, uh, please stay hydrated. It's good, especially if you're going to watch some Oscar-nominated films. A lot of them are tearjerkers. 
if you're watching The Last of Us, uh, two out of four episodes have been a tearjerker for me. So, yeah, drink that water, you beautiful dehydrated bitch. Um, but, uh, yeah, we love y'all. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying warm or cool because if you're anything like us, you never know what the weather's going to be like one day. Yep. Like. So, yeah, stay weather alert, guys. Uh, we love you very, very much. And thank you for listening. We just look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, same spoopy place, same spoopy channel. Stay, stay spoopy, y'all. Good night. Good day. Bye, everybody. Bye, Katie. Whatever. Bye, Jasmo. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.